illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's gonna be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown, 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash, Simon's in the handoff, can cuts to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, Ken into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heinrich Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heinrich Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me this week from the Mount Angel Abbey, and I didn't realize this, but there is a free museum at the Mount Angel Abbey that is home to a stuffed eight-legged calf and the world's largest hairball from a pig at the Mount Angel Abbey. <laughs> Joining me, the lead driver and director of Thermodynamic Lipid Immersion, my co-host and brother, The Beach. How are you doing, Beach? I'm doing good. I've never seen a hairball that big from a pig before. I know. <laughs> free free uh, museum out there at the Mount Angel Abbey. You know, who says there's nothing out there quality that's free anymore? Yeah. Stuffed eight-legged calf and the world's largest pig hairball. Supposedly, both from the farm there at the Abbey. Hmm. Yeah. Crazy stuff, huh? Crazy stuff. Never know what you'll come by. (sighs) I've heard of a five-legged goat, but I've never seen an eight-legged goat until today. No, eight-legged calf. Eight-legged calf, I'm sorry. Five-legged goat. I've never seen an eight-legged calf before. There you go. Now, the purpose of illegal participation is for us to spread our insight, experiences, and passion for the Oregon State Beavers with others, and just generally talk beaver sports, football, tailgating, and screw around along the way. Today, Beach, we'll have a little bit of beaver sports news. I think you've got an update from Eugene for us. I do. Cool. Uh, We're going to go under further review for week eight in the Pac-12. I'll have a Tommy Tuberville jackass of the week to hand out. One to somebody I've been wanting to hand out for a while, and I was just waiting him to do something jackass-worthy. We will do a preview of the upcoming Week 9 games in the Pac-12. Then we will uh, do a little talk about the uh, Stanford game, and then for anyone traveling down their beach, we have uh, I have a, few, a couple, three places that people might want to check out. 
okay. if they're going down there to the Stanford game, down to Palo Alto. And then I think, do you have a cheaters and whores for us today? I do have a cheaters and whores. Nice, nice. Yes. All right. I just want to remind anybody, if you'd like to get in touch with us here, you can leave a voicemail at 541-207-3586. Also email us, Heinrich tailgater at gmail.com you can follow me on twitter just search for at heinrich tailgater all one word and uh, also check out heinrich tailgater on facebook all right beads ready to talk a little beaver sports news sure okay we'll start out with a little women's volleyball i love women's volleyball billy it's my favorite sport all right beach the uh, oregon state women's volleyball team took on the number 19 ucla bruins on friday evening pushed them to five sets but eventually fell to the bruins then they took on the number 18 USC Women of Troy on Sunday morning at the Galen Center, falling in four sets. So the ladies are now 13-6 and six overall, 3-5 and five in the Pac-12, and they take on Arizona at Gill on Friday and Arizona State on Saturday. All righty, a little disappointing there. Yeah, but now that they're in the Pac-12, you know, competition gets a lot more rough. Yeah, so... Try to stay around that 500 in the Pac-12. That's what they need to do. All right, Beach, on to women's soccer. I love women's soccer, Billy. That is my favorite sport. Well, Beach, they could use your support right now. The women fell to the University of Washington 3 to nothing on Monday night in Seattle. The women are now 0-12-3 on the season, 0-6 in the Pac-12, and they take on UCLA and Corvallis on Friday and USC on Sunday. UCLA is the number one rated team in the nation undefeated and have like a 36 game unbeaten stretch. Wouldn't it be awesome if they kicked them in the nuts? That would be ironic. If, yes. Wouldn't it women's volleyball, it's I know, soccer. but wouldn't it be awesome? But yeah, it would be. Never know. Stranger things have happened. Yep. All right, Beach, we're moving on to men's soccer. That would make their season worthwhile. There you go. The number 17 ranked... Oregon State men's soccer team held a 12-9 advantage on shots, but they were unable to score, kind of like Beach on a Friday night, against San Diego State on Thursday evening as the Beavers fell one to nothing. Hey, I I can't do it on any nights. <laughs> just Fridays. All right, Beach. And then the Oregon State men's soccer team was unable to overcome a first-half deficit as they fell to the number 14 UCLA 3 to nothing on Saturday evening in LA. So the men's team is now 8-5-1, 1-3-1 and in the Pac-12, and they return home for the final time this season next week as they host San Diego State and UCLA on Thursday and Sunday. Nice. Huh? So, all right. If, if soccer was like really a sport, but okay. Yep. <laughs> all right, Bees, we've got some wrestling news. Okay, I'm excited. We haven't talked about wrestling in a while. I know it's getting to be that time of season again. We'll, we'll have some basketball news coming up in a couple later weeks because they've started practice and things are moving. But right now, with wrestling, mm-hmm. four Oregon State wrestlers earned top twenty preseason recognition from the Open Mat. That's a a, a wrestling news service. And the, again, I totally think we need to create one of these of our own because it seems like anybody who has a web uh, site can make up crap. Yeah, we probably could. And the Beavers were ranked in the Associated Wrestling Press's preseason top 25 on Wednesday, last Wednesday. Now, sophomore heavyweight Amavir Desi uh, was ranked 7th. Senior 184-pounder Taylor Meeks was ranked at number 9. 
Junior 133-pounder Joey Palmer was ranked 18th, and senior 174-pounder Joe Latham was ranked 20th. Now, the Beavers opened the season on November 6th with their annual intra-squad meet at Gill Coliseum. They will compete at the Mike Clock Open in Forest Grove on November 9th, and then host Southern Oregon on November 13th in their first counting dual meet of the season. Uh, is that Forest Grove out at the uh, high school out there? Um, I believe it, I don't know if it's at the high school or do they have a gym at uh, Pacific? Oh, it must be at Pacific, I bet. I bet it might be at Pacific. So, so there's our first uh, wrestling news in a while there, Beach. Well, that's exciting. Now, is Oregon going to that uh, open there in Forest Grove? The University of Oregon, that is the Ducks. Who? The, the, the U of O Ducks. Are they going to be at that uh, open out there in Forest Grove? I mean, I'm assuming that most of the local colleges and universities are going to be represented. Uh, uh, oh, I, I don't know. Bees, let me look through my paperwork here. And... Oh, um, Beach? Yeah. The University of Oregon cut their wrestling program. Dude. Yeah. Unbel- well, aren't they going to bring it back because Oregon State's doing so well in it? <laughs> Just give them time, Beach. Just give them time. All right, Beach. Uh, we got a little bit of football news. Okay. Um, the kickoff for the next home game, which will be next Saturday, November 1st, has against Cal, has been set. For 7.30. You know what that means, Billy? That means a 12-hour tailgater. Yeah, pretty close, yeah. yeah. It, it means it'll be easier on me because it's the first, so I'd have inventory to do that day. So it means when I'm gone, there won't be anybody there looking for food. You'll have to hold the fort down without me. I got to hold down the whole fort? Yep, for probably about two or three hours. Holy crap. Yeah, I think you can do it. Okay. All right, Beads, that's it for news. I'm going to be deep frying like a mofo. Hey, hey, Beach. Is, What's that, Billy? Is that the teletype I hear behind you? Yeah, I've got to keep it down because of the monks. Okay. Hold on, hold on. Let me rip it off. i got to do it quietly. Oh, got it. Okay, Beach. (laughs) The monks, they don't like noises. Okay. Okay, hold on. Hold on. This just in. I don't care about liquor, man. Okay. Eugene says no. Springfield says yes to taxing pot. According to the register guard, Springfield... Okay, so this is a very interesting story, and this is true. This is even taking a little little liberty that occasionally I might have in the past. So, as many people know, Oregon is trying to pass a uh, pot law. What's the pot? Measure 91 to allow legalized recreational marijuana. And the, um, the law that's actually they're trying to pass as Measure 91 said that the local communities don't have the right to regulate or tax the marijuana. But 
Springfield is trying to pass a law at the same time that says they do have the right to tax the marijuana. But Eugene, on the other hand, liberal Eugene, who should be all about taxing everything they can, is stating that they don't want to add a tax to the marijuana. <laughs> and, and this is not made up. The Springfield City Council unanimously approved a local tax in case Oregon voters legalized the use of recreational marijuana on November 4th. However, again, Measure 91 says that they don't have the right to tax recreational marijuana if it passes. So it's going to be interesting to see how a local community can pass a law that's based on another law that says they don't have the right to tax the product that's being passed. But, again, Liberal Eugene says, or li yeah, Liberal Eugene says they're not going to join Springfield and they are not going to tax or do they desire to tax recreational marijuana. So these are the people that would probably tax soda if they had the opportunity. And I'm sure they've probably presented that a couple times. Wow. But they're not but they're not going to they're not going to try to tax the ganj. So anyway, God bless the the city of Eugene for keeping up conservative principles and not promoting heavy taxes on its people. <laughs> That's hilarious, I, I, isn't it? Again, I'm I'm just torn. I just I feel there isn't it like it's almost hypocrisy in a way. Don't you feel? That's hilarious. Yeah. So Yeah, I think it's funny that these these communities are trying to pass these taxation laws. But the people that put the the smart people who put the law on the books or who are trying to get the law on the books says, Oh no, local municipalities can't tax it. I don't know how they're gonna do that. I don't know how they can prevent a local municipality from taxing something. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's I mean Springfield brings up a good one, but ultimately even though they do, seriously. The only people that smoke Spock live in Eugene, mm -hmm. and even if you were a pot smoker living in Springfield, Eugene is going to, or Springfield's going to pretty much kill any pot dispensaries there, because why would you buy in Eugene when you can buy tax-exempt stuff in, or why would you buy in Springfield when you can buy tax-exempt stuff in Eugene? That's hilarious. Oh, that's just weird, but yeah, isn't it? But again, you can't make this crap up. That's hilarious, Beach. I mean, I do make some crap up. I didn't make this crap up. No, that's funny. It's a good one. That's a good yeah. one, Beach. Yeah. That's hilarious. So right. That's funny. He's at the, the bastion of liberalism down there in Eugene. You normally want to tax the crap out of everything. Oh, no, yeah. we're not going to tax the pot. Especially things that are typically, quote, quote, unhealthy for you, according to the liberal yeah, elite. Yeah, those sin taxes. Yes. Yet the biggest sin, sin product of them all, yeah. they don't want to tax. That's hilarious. Good one, yeah. Beach. I bet you'll have more dispensaries there per capita than anywhere in the state. Yeah, wait, wait, hey, Beach, way to bring the facts. I try. Nice. I try. Nice. All right, Beach. Well, are you ready to go under further review for week number eight in the Pac-12? After further review, the runner did cross the line. Let's go on touchdown. Yes. All right, Beach. So we'll start up with the first game. That was last Thursday, October 16th, Utah at Oregon State. And so heading into the week, Beach, we were all tied at 33 out of 51. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll be quite honest, Billy. I worked all day Saturday. I didn't watch any freaking games. I have no clue. And I was in Disneyland and only got bits and pieces of updates. So, uh, But the first game, Beach, was Thursday, October 16th, Utah at Oregon State. And who did we all take? 
I'm pretty sure we all took the Beavers on that one. We did, Beach. And Utah running back Devontae Booker ran for 229 229 yards and three TDs, including a 19-yard dash in the second overtime that gave number 20 Utah a 29-23 victory over Oregon State on Thursday night. Booker also ran for a 15-yard score in the first overtime to put Utah in front 23-16. The Beavers answered with Sean Mannion's two-yard touchdown pass to Jordan Villeman on fourth down to force another period. Now, Oregon State kicker Trevor Romaine, whose 49-yard field goal as time expired in regulation, tied the game at 16, attempted a 37-yard field goal that went wide right, giving the ball back to Utah for the game-winning drive. Now, it was Booker's third straight game with more than 150 yards rushing for the Utes, off to their best start since winning their first eight games in 2010. Now, Mannion threw a 72-yard TD pass to Villeman early in the fourth quarter to put Oregon State in front 13-9. But the Utes mounted a comeback, and Booker ran 53 yards to the Oregon State 6. On fourth down, he plunged into the end zone with 4.20 left for a 16-13 lead. Remains 49-yard kick then sent the game into overtime. Now Mannion threw for 272 yards and two TDs. He surpassed former USC quarterback Carson Palmer, who had 11,818 yards for second place on the pac 12 career list for yards passing with 12,014. He trails only former Trojan Matt Barkley, who had 12,327. Wow. So he's 313 yards away. So there's a he, chance he could get it this weekend at Stanford. Kind of doubtful. I think he'll make a run for it in two weeks at home against Cal. You know, and I, just to interrupt you here, Billy, I felt uh, Trevor Romaine did a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anybody that gives him grief on missing that last field goal, son of a gun, he kept that game alive. Yeah. And, well, he uh, had 11 straight going on until then. So. Oh, he was, and he was just, I mean, he, and, and quite a few long ones there. Yeah. No, yeah. And yeah, so, 49 uh, anyway, yards. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I and, wished, you know, sometimes hindsight's always 20 20. I, I sometimes wonder if maybe you shouldn't just go for two in that first, uh, in that first, first opportunity. Yeah, possibly. You just know, try to end it. Yeah, just end it. Remember when Stephen Jackson did? Was it Stephen Jackson or who did that? Oh, that was uh, Evan uh, Bernard. Bernard, and that was in the uh, Sun Bowl, wasn't Correct. it? Correct. Yeah. yeah, and they just like you know we're done. We'll, we're we're going to finish it now because we don't have another one in us. This this is it. Yeah, yeah. possibly. You know, that's that's a good thought. I never thought about that. Yeah, um, you know, you always go with the conservative view, and, and sometimes and, and maybe you, know, you just need to go balls out a little bit. Devontae Brooker had a good game. That being said, you know, I thought the defense for the most part played a good game. Mm-hmm. They shut down the passing game. Really, the only thing oh. that hurt him was Booker, and yeah. it wasn't. Well, I mean, really look, until... you shut him down to three three field goals. Yeah, and is all is all they got in the first three 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 quarters. Yeah, and and really, I mean, he broke a couple of long runs, and most of them were him. Um, I mean, the, mm-hmm. the 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 run he scored on in the first overtime, that was all Booker because they mm-hmm. had it stuffed at the point of attack. It was just stoned, and he, you know. Broke a tackle, reverse field, and, and went for a touchdown. That, that guy was good. Um, you know, I flew down to Disneyland on Friday out of Eugene. And mm-hmm. uh, Jess and I were sitting on the plane, and a, cup, a couple in Utah gear came on the plane and sat right in front of us. And uh, they were like, oh, are we going to be okay? And we're like, hey, you know, hey, it was a great game. You know, oh, it was a great I game. I said, hey, guys, it was a great game. I go, I wish the Beavs had won because I was wearing Beav gear. Because what do I always do the day after a Beav game, win or lose? Mm-hmm. Wear a Beav gear. Fly my colors. And mm-hmm. they go, oh, yeah, it was a good game. And I'm like, hey, I'm just glad you guys came up, spent some money in our in our town, 
Hope you guys had fun. I wish you would have lost, but you know, it was a great game. So I ended up talking to them. They were actually parents of Drez Anderson, one of the starting wide receivers. Oh, really? Yeah, and we had a really good talk for probably about half the flight, just talking to them about about their sons. And, you know, they were saying their goal, right? one, they really said, you know, that Booker saved their bacon. I'm like, that guy's a beast. And I guess originally he had committed to USC. He was a junior college transfer, and he'd committed to USC, and at the last second changed his mind and went to Utah. Hmm. And so they're really happy they got him. And they they said he's fine. This is only the second game this year he started because they've been starting the other guy because he was a senior that came back for his senior season pool. But they're mm-hmm. like, this guy's too good. we got to get him on the field. So, um, yeah. And like I said, I go, that guy was a beast. He you know, had a great game. And I said uh, – and they were – it was funny because I was talking to them. And they also said – because their son's – this is their son's fourth year. So they've been there, you know, mm-hmm. a year before the Pac-12 and now three years with it. And they're like – yeah. We just want to get a bowl game. And I'm like, Pac-12's tough weekend, weekend out, isn't it? And they're like, it really is. I'm like, you know, it's one thing to go in and play a Pac-12 game every once in a while. You know, going to play a Pac-12 mm-hmm. team, then you're going back and playing lesser opponents. But even when you're playing crummy Pac-12 opponents, it's a grind every week. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's, nobody's like, nobody in the Pac-12, especially this year, is anybody's bitch. Mm. You know, you can't say, oh, you know, Oregon State can never say that. No. But not even Oregon can overlook an opponent. No, nobody can this year. So, anyways, Beach, you know, sad the Beavers lost. I'm not, they lost to a pretty good football team. Oh, they did. They did. And they didn't get blown out. No, nope, they played their guts um, out. It, it could have easily have gone the other way. Yeah, they could have. They played their guts out, I thought. And again, they took I a thought... couple more injuries. Um, they, looks like they lost uh, Richard Mullaney for the rest of the season with an elbow injury. Crap. Yeah. Um, it does look like Storm Woods will be able to play this week and Joshua James will be able to play this week, who'd both gone out early in that game with injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and another player, Clute, one of the, one of the, uh, tight ends, Clute got hurt. So it looks like he's done for a couple, four weeks. Oh, dang it. So yeah, that's just the starting, way it is. Start, starting to happen. But after this week, Beach, the Beavs will have the top four Pac-12 defenses out of the way. Right, the top twelve defenses, Pac twelve defenses being Stanford at number one, mm-hmm. Oregon State at number two, Utah at three, and I believe USC at four. So after this, they'll have those four out of the way. So that's a good thing. Hopefully, we'll start seeing more increased offensive production. So let's hope it starts this week. Anyway, Beach, let's move on. All the rest of the games were on Saturday, October twelfth, or excuse me, Saturday, October eighteenth. First mm-hmm. up was UCLA at Cal. Do you remember who you had? I think I took UCLA. You and Kyle Bull. Well, actually, all four of us took UCLA across the board. Mm-hmm. Now, okay. Brett Hundley threw for 330 yards and two touchdowns and added a third score on the ground to help UCLA snap a seven-game skid at Cal with a 36-34 victory. Now, Hundley accounted for 424 yards of offense to overcome his own fumble and interception as the Bruins won at Memorial Stadium for the first time since 1998. Wow. Yeah, I know. I can't believe that. That just surprised me. Yeah, that is really odd. Yeah. Because you just never thought Cal would be in that strong for well, that many they, years. they had so some good years in there, you know, but I just can't believe UCLA hasn't won there in, since 1998. So, all right, Beach, we all got a point across the board on that one. Next, well, we up, haven't won at the Coliseum since 1960, <laughs> whatever. I know. Next, yeah. uh, next up, Beach is Colorado at USC. I think I took USC on this one. Yes, all four, all three of us across the board took USC. Now, Cody Kessler threw seven TD passes in the 
number 22 Trojans, 56-28 victory over Colorado to break the school uh, game record Matt Barkley set against the Buffaloes in 2011. So first Barkley made Colorado their bitch with six touchdown passes, and then three years later, Kelly Kessler made Colorado their bitch with seven touchdown passes. How is uh, Colorado's coach doing? Is he uh, keeping it on the sidelines now? He seems to. Yeah, he got fined after that outburst against the Beavs. Uh-huh. So now he's running into some just, you know, he's running into the heart of the Pac-12 now. So Yeah, yeah. We'll see how he's... His opportunity to pull a win in the season was probably the Beavs, and now the rest of it's... Yeah. It's quickly uh, quickly yeah. evaporating. All right, Beach. Okay, next um, up. Next up was... Got two games left. Washington at Oregon. Who'd you take? I'm pretty sure I took the Huskies on this one. Yep, you and Kyle took the Huskies. I, on the other hand, took Oregon. Now, mm-hmm. true freshman Royce Freeman ran for 169 yards and four TDs on Saturday night as number nine Oregon extended its winning streak over Washington to 11 straight games with a 45-20 to 20 victory. Now, Marcus Mariota threw for 336 yards and two TDs for the Ducks. So I picked up the point there. Neither you or Kyle did. I'm sucking this week, dude. Uh, you, you did pretty good. And uh, last game of the week, Beach, Stanford at Arizona State. I want to say I picked Stanford on this No, Beach. I took, took Arizona, Arizona State. State. And so did okay. I. Okay. Which okay. was good because Arizona State quarterback Mike Berkovici. I'm trying, thank you, I'm trying to remember how I get the emphasis on the right syllable. Berkovici. I think it's Berkovici. Okay. Berkovici. In his third straight start, replacing injured Taylor Kelly was efficient, throwing for 242 yards and a touchdown on 23 of 33 passing. Now, Zane Gonzalez made sure the Sun Devils came away with points when drive stalled, hitting four second-half field goals in the 26-10 win. Four second-half field goals. Yep. Stanford just has no, no offense. Hmm. All right, Beach. So you and I got the points there. So after week eight, it sits with Kyle in third place with 35, you in second place with 36, and me in first place with 37. Okay. With a few weeks to go here. What do we got? Six weeks to go, I think. Mm-hmm. So. All right, Beach. That brings us up to the Pac-12 in the polls. So right now in the AP poll, Oregon has moved up to number six. Arizona State to 14, Arizona to 15, Utah inches up 1 to 19, USC at 20, and UCLA back in at 25, with Stanford in the other receiving votes category. Now in the USA Today poll, Oregon's at number 7, Arizona State 14, Arizona 15, Utah 19, USC 21, and UCLA, Washington, and Stanford are all in the others receiving votes category. So okay. that's where we stand right now, Beach. I, I would like to interrupt and say, as always, no matter what Oregon's rated, they're always a number two to the Heiner Tailgater. There you go. All right, Beach. Now it's time for your favorite segment of the week, the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the Week Award. Now, every week, we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. Now, BG, you know, I like giving these awards to coaches. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you're kind of a fan of that. I am a fan of that. In the fact, you know, we named the award the Tommy Tuberville 
Jackass of the Week award. After the first three-time winner of the award, Tommy Tuberville, the coach of the Cincinnati Bearcats. Mm -hmm. Now, this week, we have a coach that I personally dislike greatly. And I've kind of been wanting to give him an award for quite a while. Okay? That is Mm -hmm. the head coach of Notre Dame, Brian Kelly, who I just think is kind of a prick. Okay. Now, Notre Dame coach Brian Kelly adamantly disagreed with an offensive pass interference penalty that wiped out a go-ahead touchdown against Florida State on last Saturday, saying on Sunday he had even less clarity than he did in the minutes after the 31-27 loss to the Seminoles. Now, this is what he said. He goes, actually, I have less clarity. I guess it was actually called on Will Fuller, not C.J. Procy. So it just adds more uncertainty as to the final play. And then he went on saying, but again, the play itself, in terms of what we ask our kids to do, it was pretty clear what happened on the play. Florida State blew the coverage, and they got rewarded for it. It's unfortunate. So you're saying, well, what the heck happened, right? Well, in the official play-by-play uh, of the game stats, the uh, it says that, uh, I think his name is Proces, was called for an offensive pass interference penalty on a two-yard touchdown pass from quarterback Everett Golson to Corey Robinson on fourth and goal with 13 seconds left, which would have okay. put the Irish ahead 33-31 to 31 with the extra point pending. Now, yeah. the infraction, however, moved Notre Dame back to the 18-yard line, and Golson was picked off by FSU's Jacob Pugh in the end zone on the Irish's final offensive play. Now, the play that they ran, Beach was similar. Now, is he, now, is he complaining about the final play or the, the pass interference? He's play? complaining about the, the pass interference. Okay. Now, it, the, the the play they ran was similar play that they'd run earlier in the game and scored a touchdown on and wasn't flagged for. Now, basically, Beach, they ran a pick play. They had, okay. they had a, a bunch of three receivers, you know, where they've got three receivers mm-hmm. kind of in a bunch. Mm-hmm. And, and pick plays are not legal, correct? Correct. It's like a screen in basketball. In screen in basketball, you can run up and stand in front of a guy, right? Yeah, and give keep, him a block. And, and basically block a guy off. But in football, it's blocking downfield. You can't do that. You can't yeah. impede a guy who's trying to cover another guy. Now, a lot of times what they'll do is you run down there and you kind of throw your arms up and go, oh, hey, I didn't mean to run into you, you know? Yeah. Or you yeah. run around and you turn around, right? You turn around like, hey, I'm trying to get this spot so I can catch the ball. So you mm-hmm. take a couple steps, and then you turn, and you kind of try to back into the guy, but look like, hey, I'm, I'm setting up to receive a pass. Okay. And, and and that's basically what they did on both plays. But on the second one, I mean, you can just see the guy runs down there and basically blocks him. He doesn't attempt to try and, and, and look like he's trying to catch the pass. And Kelly's he's not even faking. He- okay. So, yeah. He, he he doesn't even it doesn't even look like what he's trying to do right I mean he runs down there and, and and blocks the guy he doesn't attempt to try and turn around he doesn't throw his arms like oops sorry it, it's a straight pick play mm-hmm. lots of teams run it it's illegal but they try to get away with it because it's a great way if you've got if you're close down there you can get one guy to peel that guy off the other guy's wide open no one can stop him mm-hmm. they got called for it like they should have. Quit complaining. Take your medicine. Shut up. Don't, well, don't sit there. Well, I don't know. Then he sits there and claims, well, our guy was just trying to get his spot to receive the... He never even turned around. He goes, it was really quick. You know, he's trying to say that it's a real bang, bang play. You know, like, bang, bang. He's going to run down there, turn around real quick and clutch the ball. He never turned around. He never even mm-hmm. attempted to turn around. 
it was a freaking it was a offensive pass interference. You got called for it as you should have on the first touchdown. Shut up and deal with it. Quit pissing and moaning on Sunday. Oh, well, we didn't try to do anything. It wasn't us. And actually, Florida State screwed up and got rewarded for it. No, you tried to cheat. It didn't work. You took it in the shorts. Shut up. So that's why head coach of Notre Dame, Brian Kelly, is this week's... Jackass of the Week Award. Anyways... Just piss me off, Beach. And I've been wanting no, to go into that. No, no, it's he deserves. You know, I, I get really tired of those pick plays because when you do see them and they get away with it, it's yeah. And it's nice that at least somebody's watching because sometimes you think the refs forget about that. Yeah, I, I know, I know. And it was good they called it. And I, it was probably because they didn't call it on the first one. And I bet the coaches went, "You guys got to watch that. That was a freaking pick play." Mm-hmm. Do 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 coaches make those comments to the refs oh, when yeah. they get? Oh yeah, oh yeah, they're always talking to them. And uh-huh. a lot of times when a coaches will bitch about a call. It's not because they think this call is going to get overturned. They're trying to get the next call. Yeah. You know, you complain now to get the next one. Yeah. Hey, number 45 has been holding all night long. You need to watch him. Yeah. 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 Kind of crap like that and stuff. All right, Beach. So now it's time for our ACDC musical interlude. And uh, right now, we are up to the June 1985 release for ACDC Fly on the Wall. Now, another album that doesn't get a lot of uh, attention. Yeah, I can't, say I'm a, I can't say I'm a huge fan. The DC I mean, Yeah. Yeah. So, well, it's, it's a great album, some great songs on it. So, and if you've ever got a chance to watch the videos, it's kind of like, kind of like a little mini concert, that, but it's not. But ACDC's like put it on in this little club, and the guy gets up and says, who's the next name of this What's the next band? AC? Is that electricity or something? And the band gets up and starts playing, and there's little things that are kind of happening while they play like three or four songs. So it's kind of like four music videos in a row, but it's just like, and things start happening as they're playing, and there's little things going on with people in the crowd, and there's this little animated fly that's flying around. Okay. And at the end, the whole place crumbles down. The only thing left standing is the band playing. It's just a funny little thing. Anyways, Beach. Okay. So, um... I figured uh, with today's song, we were going to go with a little Shake Your Foundations. Okay. All right. Now, do you know this song? I love this song. It's a great song because it's also off the kind of greatest hits compilation, Who Made Who? Yes. Yes. So yeah. um, so that was that. was the Who Made Who album was put out for the movie uh, Maximum Overdrive, mm-hmm. where they did all the uh, music for it. And... It's kind of an ACDC greatest hits album because there's a bunch of songs that ACDC. Even, all like, a couple, even like one or two Bon Scotts are correct, on there. And the only new song they put on there was Who Made Who. Mm-hmm. But Shake Your Foundations is on there. So, Beach, here we go with from Fly on the Wall from 1985, ACDC with Shake Your Foundations. <laughs>
Nice, Beach. I just love that. It's a good, heavy-hitting song. Aye, aye, yo. Shake anyway. your foundations. It's a good one. Oh, love that song. Good song. Good song. Good song. All right, Beach. So are we ready to look at week number nine in the Pac-12? Night, week number nine, nine. Beach. Number, number nine. Week nine. Number nine. I was just looking at my phone. It said we're like 50-some-odd days past the start of football season. Wow. I know. Isn't that crazy? And how many tailgaters have we had so far? Three? Three. Oh, that's so going to change. That's going to change soon. <laughs> going to change soon. All right, Beach. Spe- speaking of that, I might need to make a run up and get some cheese soon, don't I? Quite possibly, yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, we'll talk about that off off, uh, off air, yes. Yeah. All right, Beach. So first game, we have one game on Friday night. It's going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. Oregon at Cal. Who you got? You got to go for the win. I'm going to go with Oregon, but I'm going to be rooting like a mother for Cal. Uh, of course. I, too, am going Oregon because this is business, not mm-hmm. what I want, but what I business. think. Business. Business. Yeah, so I talked to Kyle. I hate you, Kyle. Kyle says, not so sunny for the Dykes in Berkeley. Ducks win. Sunny the Dykes? Sunny Dykes. Uh, the head coach of the little little play on words there by the Kyle there wasn't there yes there was <laughs> yes there was that Kyle he's a funny guy <laughs> I hate you Kyle all right so uh, we're all taking the ducks there all right Beach after that up next uh, all the rest of the games are on Saturday October 25th starting out with UCLA at Colorado I'm going with uh, I'm going with Ukla. Really? I, I, why? Why wouldn't I? Is this like the battle of the worst or something? No, it's just this interesting. Okay, well they're they're playing at Colorado. Everybody wins away. I guess. So um, I too am going with UCLA. Kyle says, "Crazy Pac-12, Buffs win." What? He's going with the Buffs. Did uh, Kyle take a trip up to Washington? Yeah. Or did he go to Colorado? He go to Colorado. It's closer, Beach. Hmm. That's what's going on. Yeah. Smoking the Wait, what time is it there, Kyle? It's always 420. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Beach. Okay. Moving on. Uh, next up, Arizona at Washington State. Arizona. I, too, am taking Arizona. Kyle says, Cougs like they're about to win, then Cougat. Oh, no, Susie. Cougs look like they're about to win, then Cougat. Arizona. I too am taking Zona. That'll be interesting though. We'll see who actually has any defense in that game. <laughs> I think we're gonna see like a seventy to sixty-five. I score. wouldn't doubt that. I, I, I <laughs> see a lot of points. I, I will figure between the two teams easily a hundred points scored. Okay, uh, I'll see if you're right. All right, Beach. Next up, USC at Utah. Hmm. How's USC doing on injuries? They're okay. You know, I, I think Utah can beat them. Let's go with Utah. No. Yeah. Yeah, let's go with Utah. All right. Well, I, too, am going Utah. Kyle says, Booker P and the QBs. Utah wins. So we're all taking Utah. I think Utah is going to be able to run the ball very effectively on, on them. And I also think that those stud defensive ends for Utah are going to give uh, – Cody Kessler uh, beating. Hmm. So, 
Well, this isn't any fun. We've all got the same picks right now. Next up, Beach, Arizona State at Washington. I'm going with Washington on this one. Really? Mm-hmm. I am taking Arizona. I don't think I don't think they're going to lose again. I don't think. Not until I they think play that. The what? Not until they play the Beavs. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, Kyle says ASU, I guess. Who knows? I'm taking ASU. They're playing well right now. I don't think Washington's that good. You've said that all year. Yep. So, all right. And last up, Beach, Oregon State at Stanford. Who you got? I'm taking the Beavs on this one. I'm going outside of my norm. Okay. I, too, am taking the Beavs. Kyle says Beaver receivers actually start catching the ball. Manion stops throwing to the guys in a different uniform. Beavs win. You know, if if uh, it goes back to that quote from uh, Friday Night Lights, you know, if well, kind of the opposite, but you know, if we score more points than they do, we'll win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. There you go. So that's, the, that's the whole goal. So there might not be much movement this week. We've only got one game difference between us. It's okay. Not much movement this week? Too much cheese? Yeah, too much cheese. That's going to be against the Washington State game. All right. All right, Beach. So um, we'll, the game this week, Beavs are playing at Palo Alto, playing Stanford. Mm-hmm. We've been down there before. We have. I actually looked at going down there. There's some cheap tickets down there right now. Really? Yeah. Um, listener Doug bought tickets and texted me, and he said he found good tickets in a pretty good section for like 24 bucks. Wow. So Jess and I, Jess and I thought about it. But we're both too beat and just need a weekend at home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can always invite me, but that's okay. I need some time home. I, I need some time at home. I actually asked you about it. Did you? You butthead, yeah. Oh, okay. I well, emailed then I'm you sorry. about it. Okay. You, well, we're going to probably do you a dub. So. Yeah, I know. And we'll talk about that, too. But, okay. um, yeah, so I, uh, I, I, we just we need to stay home. I'm tired. That, that weekend run was, was tough. So we're actually uh, just going to stay home and watch it. Um, but Doug's going down, and so I figured. Now we've kind of gone through the old, the tailgating rules and regulations down there. We did that two years ago when the Beavs played down there. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what show that was, but if you want to go back and go back and listen to that. But what I figured we would do is we would talk about a few places that I would check out if I go down there, if I were to go down there. Okay. Okay. So a couple different places to catch some food if you go down there. First place up I want to talk to. So, so basically this is some Palo Alto Eats. Okay. So first up is the Palo Alto Creamery. Now this is located just off the Stanford campus. Now it opened in 1923 and their philosophy is simple food done well. Now everything there is made from scratch using only the freshest ingredients and the bakery puts out some of the finest pies and croissants. Now the place serves breakfast all day long and it's pretty much diner food um they've got like roast turkey meatloaf fried chicken super thick shakes stuff like that so right off campus hunt uh, hunt a lot of the uh students and alumni like to go there so if you're looking for just a good stick to your ribs breakfast or or dinner that's the place to go sweet okay, okay beach the next place that i'm going to bring up is a place called the counter now, the count, when you step into a counter, you're greeted with a clipboard that has an extensive list of fresh mouthwatering ingredients that allowed you to build your own gourmet hamburger. Now, they have 
312,120 plus different burger combinations that you can make every burger as unique as every customer. Now, rarely is the same burger made twice in, in one day. They, li they like to say, and you'll love this, Beach, down there for that barrier counterculture, that the place was anti-established in 2003. Nice. And it is the 21st century's bold answer to the classic burger joint. Now, um, it ushers in a fresh area with it has real industrial decor, today's music, cold beer, wines, cocktails, and burger options that are only limited by your imagination. Now, when you go in there to choose your burger beach, you first you choose what kind of burger you want. Beef, chicken, turkey, or vegan. I was going to say tofu. Yeah, vegan. Then you can choose what size patty you want. If you want it in a bowl, on a bun, or in a bowl. So if you're going low carb. Um, what kind of cheese you want. And they have 12 different varieties, beach, From Danish blue to an herb goat cheese, Tillamook cheddar, brie, horseradish cheddar. Um, and then toppings, and they have 24 choices from spinach, onions, cranberries, hard-boiled eggs, artichoke hearts, cucumbers, to premium toppings like bacon, avocado, ham, sun-dried tomatoes, and chili. And then they have 24 different sauces to choose from, including au jus, balsamic, roasted garlic, aioli, and wing sauce. And finally, what kind of bun? Do you want a burger bun, a ciabatta, a gluten-free English muffin? Tons of stuff. What's this thing cost you when you're all said and done? I don't know. I didn't really look at prices. Oh, okay. And they also have lots of starters beads like chili cheese fries, deep fried pickles, and they also have sandwiches and salads. But it just sounds like a cool place to go order a burger. And there's more of them. There's It's kind of a chain. They've opened up additional places other elsewhere. So, hmm. Yeah. So if you have a chance, try the counter for a great burger. A counter in Palo Alto. Yep. Now, the last place I'm going to mention, Beach is the Gordon Biersch Brewery. Haven't we talked about this one before? Uh, probably, because of what they started there. Mm -hmm. Now, the uh, original Gordon Biersch Brewery opened in downtown Palo Alto in 1998 at the site of the once-historic Bijou Theater. Now, their food is obviously upscale pub fare, and they have all their own Gordon Biersch brews there on tap, which aren't bad beers. They're okay. Mm -hmm. But the thing, to me, that makes this place famous is the garlic fries. They're the mm -hmm. first ones ever to do the garlic fry. Now, the first time I encountered a garlic fry was at Stanford Stadium. Walked into the stadium, started walking around, and I smelled this amazing aroma. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but I need to put it in my face. And we found out it was garlic fries. And man, just fries covered in fresh garlic and Parmesan cheese, and just delicious. Hmm. They started there. So they have garlic fries, lobster and jumbo lump crab cake, Salads and soups, pizzas and flatbreads, steaks, seafood, homemade tacos, pastas, stir fries, burgers, sandwiches, and of course the Gordon Beers beers. So, those are the three places that if you're going to Palo Alto, you might want to check out. Okay. And the other place, you know, you can always go to on the road trip down there, In and Out. Mm hmm. And the place that you liked, Beach, Fenton's. Yes. Fenton's Creamery for ice cream. If anyone's yes. ever seen the movie Up, the Pixar movie Up, um, in the movie, they go to Fenton's. And I will tell you, they make some amazing freaking sundaes there at Fenton's. Yeah. Like, you have to decide what size you want, and I, I overshot. Did you? Yeah. Overshot? 
I overshot. <laughs> I kicked your coverage on that one. <laughs> I did. But I will tell you, one of the coolest things there, they serve mac and cheese. And I swear to God, it just looks like Kraft mac and cheese. And it looks so freaking good. Really? Yeah. Nice. Next time I go, I'm totally doing the mac and cheese. Nice, nice, nice. So. All right, Beach. So um, you want to tell us about uh, this week's Cheaters and Whores? She's just a girl. She's a whore. You know, I was thinking about this week's cheaters and whores, and you know, we've we've dealt with who have we dealt with? We've dealt with running. Yep. We've dealt with fencing and communists. Yep. And we dealt with uh, wrestling. Uh, no, it wasn't wrestling. Running. Running. What was last week? Uh, was that the fencing? That would no. That was the last week. Was the horse? Horse. The, the horse. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So is that all we've done so far? That's right. Is there one more in there? No, those three. We've done three. Okay. So, anyway. I thought, and and I got this one again. I like to give credit where I find stuff. This came from Real Clear Sports, and this one interesting. Have you ever heard of Tim uh, Donaghy? I think it's Donaghy. Yes. So he would be know, a talk, basketball referee. Very good, Billy. Very, you know, you just always impress the hell out of me. Like my knowledge of sports. I mean, I know a lot of random crap, but sports is not my forte. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyway. You know, because, you know, you can have cheaters and whores can be coaches. They can be players, you know, various athletes, even, you know, horses, as the case may be, even though I don't think the horse intentionally backed up on that last one in the fog. No, it was the, the, the rider. The, the jockey, yeah. But this one here, you never think of referees as being the rule breakers. You always think of the referees as doing the best they can with the the tools and talents that they have Correct. you know you're not going to see everything you're not going to be able to call everything you're not going to be able to have eyes in the back of your head but ultimately you like to think they're doing the best they can and they're ultimately not corrupted mm-hmm. that they are if they do make an error it's an error that's that was done in unintentionally and without passion or prejudice not in the case of tim donaghy <laughs> not in the, the case guy, yeah the guy's a cheater and he's a whore Unbelievable what he did. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to read the article here. It says, being a referee is no easy job. Blowing the whistle while being hounded by fans and players can quickly produce gray hairs. There are times when officials deserve sympathy since the most difficult decisions have to be made in a matter of milliseconds. We ultimately accept blown calls as a fact of human error, but then there are a few times when officials ruin the games, breaking what David Stern called the most sacred, tr- sacred trust in professional sports. Tim Donaghy left the NBA in disgrace in 2007 when it was revealed that he had bet and gambled on NBA games. And, you know, it's one thing if you're like Pete Rose, either betting with your team or betting on games you're not directly involved in. Mm-hmm. You never bet against, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think Pete Rose ever bet against his team. I, they've never said, but I don't ever see him doing that. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, hey, if it's like us, you know, Billy, how often have you bet against the Beavers? Never. Exactly. Okay. So, of the staggering evidence that, uh, hold on here. Okay. So, of the, the staggering evidence that made everyone, fan or not, question the integrity of officials and of the NBA, the most distressing are the tens of thousands of dollars he put on single games during the 05 and 06 and 06 to 07 NBA seasons. Just as an inside trader would illegally give out private company information, so too did Donaghy pass along information about specific player-referee relationships to bookies. 
The more information he gave to the bookies, the more the bookies would pay Donaghy. Of the many games that were allegedly fixed, the most notable was Game 6 of the 2002 Western Conference Finals and the Los Angeles Lakers taking 18 more fourth-quarter free throws than the Sacramento Kings. The result stands, and Kings would bitterly complain that the outcome cost the team a shot at the NBA Finals. All of Donaghy's actions resulted in months of vigorous investigation, which ultimately put the former NBA referee in federal prison for 15 months and left a dark cloud over the sport. I just can't imagine. You know, referees get paid darn good money Mm -hmm. to do what they do. You know, they get paid darn good money. Mm -hmm. And what would, what would make a guy be so desperate to cash in on that? You know, more money. I, I just, I just, I guess more money and flexible morals. I guess so. Yeah, greed, greed, and uh, and uh, what do they call that? There was a term in gross point blank that he used. Uh, was it moral flexibility? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, what a you know, and ultimately, then he taints the whole damn group. Oh you yeah. Know? Oh yeah. That's one of the reasons why I don't like, especially professional basketball, because it's so. You've heard it for years. Like, oh, why did they call a foul? Why did why did they call a foul there? Well, that's, you know, Kobe Bryant. He's going to get that foul called every time. Mm-hmm. Well, but they didn't call it look the same thing that just happened over there. Well, that's a nobody. And it's just like, well, that's crap. You know, you don't see that in other sports. So I'd like to thank everybody for listening to Illegal Participation. If you would like to... Get in contact with us. There's a couple of different ways. You can send us a voicemail at 541-207-3586. Email us, HeinrichTailgater at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter. Just look for at HeinrichTailgater. And also check out HeinrichTailgater on Facebook. Now, um, thanks, Beach, for being here. It's a good show. I'm always happy to be had, Billy. So um, next week, show number 53, we'll have a lot of new, a lot more stupidity with the two of us. We'll talk some more Beaver Pac-12 news. We'll recap week 9 in the Pac-12. We will look at week 10. And uh, then we'll talk the Cal game and, t- and preview the tailgate. So, Beach, with that being said, let's hope the Beavs go down to Palo Alto and get a win over those dang Cardinal. And we're going to finish it up with a great big Go Beavs.
Beej? Yes. Hold on, I'm not plugged in. I'm like, why can't I hear Beej? Because I'm not plugged in. There we go. Say something. Something. I can't hear you. Something. Okay, hold on here. Why can't I hear Beej? I do not know. Why can't I hear Beej? I do not know. Why can't I hear Beej? Why can't I hear Beej? Hmm. Are you turned on? What? So you're not even registering over here. Are you plugged in? I can hear you. You can hear. Okay. Is your is your microphone turned on? Nope. Now. No. Yes. Let's see speaker. Speaker. Say something. Something. Okay. Now you're coming in through my other speakers. Okay. There you go. All right. Am I on? Am I coming in clear? Shush. For just a second, the volume's way up and it's killing me. Okay, now say something. Something. There we go. Well, that's a good connection, too. Bitchin'. Bitchin'. You just got a message. Yeah, I got people f***ing with me. I think they're drinking. Who? Oh, Marie and Sean and Becky. What are they doing? I, they're at the beach for Shauna's birthday, and I think I'm getting drunk texted. Nice. No, I think they 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 Facebooked some on me about calling me a bay, and I guess Danish bays poop, so I guess Shauna says I'm the poop. Oh. I don't know. I, it looks drunk to me. Uh. What some people think is funny isn't really funny, but what I think is funny is hysterical. Yeah, there you go. Why will this not open up for me? Uh, I don't know, but I got a, we got a good connection. We're recording. This looks good. I need this thing to escape so I can view. Oh, I wonder if I can tab. There we go. I had everything printed out and I left it at work. Oh, that sucks. I am officially... In debt, over a half a million dollars. Nice. Is that not awesome? So I went through. Yeah. So between my my rental house and this house, I'm I owe, I owe over half a million dollars to other people. Isn't that crazy? Do you find that crazy? Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely wild to me. One one million dollars. One million dollars. So, I actually have some news from Eugene today that's actually kind of intriguing. Okay, cool. They actually did a very conservative thing, but also liberal at the same time. Are you going to make fun of it? I just don't know how to take it. I, I, I've been trying to think of a spin I can do with it, but ultimately we're bringing the reality to, to, the, to the podcast here. Okay. I don't know how to – I'm just going to – it is what it is. By saying – it's just funny. Right on. 
So, and then I've got an interesting, I, and I had it printed out, now it's going to be on my computer. So this is kind of pink because I have to jump between screens. Ex-child star goes sheer. Who is this? Oh, boy meets girl. Who? I don't know. It just says, Woa, boy meets world star goes sheer. Boy meets world? McConaughey admits he's vain. Oh, you're looking at the Comcast homepage. Joel's candid admission. While he hasn't released a new album. That Django actress got charged with lewd conduct. She deserves it. She was really a bitch. Was she the one that was out humping in the car? Yeah, and then she pulls the old race card it's out. racist. It's like, you're humping out in the street. Yeah. I We didn't grab you because you're black and he's white. We grabbed you because you were effing in a car. Yeah. And your legs were hanging out. I know. <laughs> and then she called her daddy. I know. That was just unreal. Daddy, I'm being arrested. You need to talk to police officers. Are you serious? You're how old and you have to call daddy because you're a guy in public? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Let me know when you're ready to go and do this. I'm pulling up the uh, outline. Yeah. Where am I today? I guess I'll find You'll out. You'll find out. Yeah. Are you sending me a virus? No. Okay, then we're good. Can I start? Start.